My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another installment of 100 Years of Horror, or Horror Through the Decades. Today we are going to do the 1920s Part 2. So we are going to take you from 1925 through 1929. Yes. And if you aren't caught up, this is only the second installment, obviously. So 2020 marks... 100 Years of Horror. We're starting in 1920. We've talked about this a little bit in 1920s Part 1. There were works of horror before this, but this is really when the horror genre took off, starting with the cabinet of Dr. Caligari in 1920. And that's when horror started being recognized as a movie genre. Right, exactly. obviously things happened before that. Yeah, we have Books, plays, plays and all of that. Right. So we're talking about film. We're a horror film podcast. So we're going to take you through. We base this off of Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And some things have changed as people's reviews have gone and moved things around. But this is based on the schedule we were going to do before we even started the podcast. Right. Which is really cool because obviously... We started a podcast because we were horror fans, and this mm-hmm. is a goal that we had before we did this podcast. And when we started the podcast, it got put on hold. It went by the wayside because we were like, well, now we have the podcast movies to do. Yeah, we so. can't also do a hundred of these. Well, now we can, <laughs> apparently. We're going to do We're going to try. Yeah. We're not going to try. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's a hundred movies in addition to all of our Monday episodes, plus our Patreon, plus our hypes, plus our happy hours. Plus all our extra ones, like Friday the 13th and stuff. So pray for us. That's basically what we're saying. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to take you through 100 Years of Horror. And like I said, today we're going to focus on 1925 through 1929. Yep. And we're going to alternate. We both watched all of these films. But yeah. to take some pressure off of each one of us for Especially talking about you, them. Especially you, because you usually talk majority. So Right. But just because I, you know, I'm like a walkthrough kind of person, <laughs> keep up with the scenes. So you're going to start us off with 1925. So what yep. film is the highest rated film for 1925 in the horror genre? So a lot of 1920s part one, we already went through and you guys hopefully were with us, went through Germany. This one we actually start off with an American company. And the first movie in this part is Phantom of the Opera, which, which everybody knows. I, 1925, Lon Chaney. We already talked about him in Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's Amazing. He's Lon Chaney. He's Lon Chaney. You have Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. You got two of them. Exactly. (laughs) So Uh, good you got him twice. Exactly. So Phantom of the Opera, I'm sure quite a few people have probably seen or at least know about the musical. Honestly, this movie is the same thing, just no music renditions in it. It's the exact same thing. There is a disfigured person who is in the basement of this opera and he basically falls in obsession with this ballet and opera singer she does quite a few things right and she falls in love with someone else so it ends up with this creepy little triangle love triangle definitely creepy (laughs) exactly and then uh, she ends up breaking free of him in the end but that's basically it everyone has seen that in the movie you know less uh singing and gay costumes but yeah drama the drama (laughs) the drama it was pretty creepy though i was kind of lon cheney's fucking just look about him yeah i was like and the 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 music score behind it and stuff and the the film quality wasn't great but it almost helped because it was like that grainy film quality yeah and a lot of these films are more well preserved than you would think yeah this one wasn't so much though Especially for it being fan of the opera, you would think that, you yeah. know, now that we have, like, Blu-ray and we're going into 4K and our 
film preservation, you know, you're only as good as what we were able to preserve back then. Right. So, but you, some, we've watched a couple of these and I'm like, wow, that looks fucking Notre, good. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame looked amazing. Same person yeah. that was only, what, a couple years earlier than this? Right. And I was really surprised that something that everyone talks about, Lon Chaney and Phantom of the Opera, and he's like our first universal monster, and yeah. it looked pretty bad. Yeah. The, the film quality, but... Right, right. And I think that also it kind of depends on whose hands these films ended up in, like on an individual. I mean, you never know yeah. who got a hold of these and like who, cared to... who preserved them or didn't. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and that could be on even an individual basis, like, because there's always one person at the helm of one company or one right you know one archivist could have been a little neglectful right. and they got dusty or you never know so but i'm thankful that we have them and that that theme kind of goes all the way through the 30s and the 40s too but when you get into the 40s things technology really from the 20s 30s and 40s you every year you just see it get better yeah. and better and better right, and better exactly. and then of course the 50s and 60s too but like the night and day difference is it seems like from year to year yeah. in the That's 20s what and 30s I've been too. it's just getting so pretty it's yeah. getting so beautiful the film it must have been really cool to be alive and going to see and seeing these films every year and seeing the differences because even now cgi yeah computers mm -hmm. uh, animation mm -hmm. when you watch a pixar film from let's say 2000 i don't know six i'm just picking a year versus like seeing something like Moana or something like that, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Look at that. I was noticing that the other day. I mean, we're getting a little off topic, but I watched Frozen recently yeah. and comparing it to things that we grew up with, I'm like, yeah. holy crap, like a bug that's or something. Yeah. yeah. They're both good. Yeah. But as, okay, let's talk about Brave. Like when Brave came out, mm -hmm. they were, everyone was talking about Merida's hair, mm -hmm. like every single lock of hair. Well, think about when you look at the 20s and the 30s. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, look at the special effects. And when you get in to things like in the Wolfman and yeah. you know when we talk about the Universal Monsters the special effects they were able to do when they didn't have anything like that and being able exactly. to see that in real time in your lifetime must have been really cool exactly so for some reason his name is Eric I'm just commenting that's not very French that I know of but like you'd expect Jacques hmm. or something like that but yeah Eric... or at least that's what we hear as Americans yeah I get, French. exactly are there a lot of Eric's out there I guess I don't know but I it didn't seem that pretty much. close to England maybe maybe culturally things bled a little bit and then the only other thing that I wanted to note is there is a scene at one point when you go down into it happens in the musical too when you go down underground there's a fucking horse in the sewers. Um, you're assuming he's like in the sewers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, why is there a fucking horse down there? How did there get to be a horse down there? Does he feed it? How does he feed it? Does he take care of it? I have so many questions. She has spiraled. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's like one of those things where we watch so many films, even the early ones, you're like, wait, 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 wait. Slow down. <laughs> Aren't you underneath a building? I have questions. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Like, just, yeah. and even if you don't necessarily enjoy, like, the plot of one of these older films, you just, just watching them and thinking about what, it was what like. they went through to make this yeah. movie is interesting. So, even yeah. if you're not a huge classic film buff, it's still mm -hmm. neat to go through this movie, exactly. basically. I'm almost sad that I didn't get introduced to this first. Like, I saw the musical first. So, of course, yeah. watching this, I'm like, it's the same fucking thing. It's kind of boring, but I'm not. Yes, I was bored because I had seen it before. And that's kind of sad because I wish I didn't have that. So I've never seen any Phantom of the Operas. 
Are you serious? I'm serious. This was the first one I've ever seen. Um, well, what'd you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Now, I had seen a high school play. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it, it done in film. I've seen it off-Broadway, and I have seen the movie like a billion times. I saw a high school production of it that I was in and out of because I had friends that were in the band, like that were playing the mm-hmm. instruments, and I was just there for them. Mm-hmm. And I was in the wings, so I didn't actually see it head on I just was in and out I love music I'm surprised I don't love musicals oh really Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge musical theater person oh see I am the opposite I fucking love musicals they're great I love classical music so yeah you like Rocky Horror Picture Show Tim Curry (laughs) I mean is it lingerie that is totally well I say that I don't like musicals I don't like I never feel like watching a new musical I haven't seen because I don't like the I don't really know how to explain it without being offensive to musical theater people (laughs) I don't like the uppity and then the peppiness of musical theater but I really really love some musicals I love to my soul, the sound of music. But I think it's because I grew up with it. Mm-hmm. And it was something my grandmother loved and we watched when I was a kid. And my dad loved because she, my grandmother loved it and he was brought mm-hmm. up on it. Uh, but there's really haven't been that many music. I love Sweeney Todd, but that's also within kind of the realm of horror. So it's not surprising that I love Sweeney Todd. But I only ever saw the remake with Johnny Depp. So Okay, so let me... Yeah. This has nothing to do with what we're supposed to be talking about anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, guys, but... it's our podcast and they want to listen to listen to us talk, I would assume. So, so see. These are the musicals <laughs> I like. And the musicals that I like are all dark. I like Sweeney Todd. I yeah. like Phantom of the Opera, which... Okay. That, I mean, it is dark. It is dark. Yeah, very. I like Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-mm. That's that's about Never seen a it. family in Russia? Poland? Poland. Something that got made. <laughs> yeah. So Before I would assume Poland. Yeah. 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 And he's like a peasant trying to take care of his, you know, umpteen daughters. And yeah. I don't know. It's really great. But it's also sad because they're poor. You know, I think I don't give musicals enough credit. And I will admit that. I just, when you, when I think of musicals, I, I know the music numbers that I hear people sing all the fucking time that mm-hmm. get on my goddamn nerves. Mm-hmm. But that's not fair. Like, the rent numbers that you hear over and over and over. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. Rent's great. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ Superstar is probably my favorite one ever. Which, I know you're not a big religious person, but I don't watch it for that. It's great. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like I said, if I sit down and watch musicals, I you mostly enjoy them. enjoy them. Musical biopics, basically. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rocket Man. Really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Do I ever feel like sitting down and watching them? No. And then when I watch them, I'm like, oh my fucking God, that was good. Right. So I just have never really wa- wanted to sit down and watch musicals. So, but when I've gone to plays, I've enjoyed them. So that's good. That's just something I, I need to do better about broadening my horizons, I guess. It's just mm, not. If you want to, but yeah, those are a few that are really good. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do that when I'm not doing 100 yeah. Years of Horror yeah, because <laughs> I have 100 movies to watch plus, 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 plus. So <laughs> one day I'll get there. So if you have any musicals you recommend that are a little Send darker <laughs> in uh, theme, 2021, I guess will be my year of musicals because it ain't going to be 2020, I'll tell you that. Well, moving on to 1926. Yes. So I, I was really surprised by some of these themes I guess and I keep I, I feel like I keep saying that I think I said that a lot in part one I was like I feel like audiences couldn't handle this stuff back then mm-hmm. but they could obviously this one was German yeah like, keeping up with who in the world has the best movies was dealing year. with this yeah 
And this one was from 1926, mm-hmm. like you said, from Germany, mm-hmm. called Faust. Mm-hmm. Faust. And it it's real dark. Yeah. Real dark. So I don't know if you knew this. I had to learn this from Connor. Faust is actually a German folktale, basically. Yeah. That's why they made this into it. So. I did know that only after I was reading up on it. Yeah. So basically... This movie actually reminded me of one of my favorite animated movies by Guillermo del Toro. What? It's called The Book of Life. Ah, okay. And it is... Why? Because okay. the, the premise of this movie is a demon makes a bet with an archangel that he can corrupt a man's soul and destroy him in what is divine. And The Book of Life, basically... They're in Mexican culture. You know, you mm-hmm. have Day of the Dead and you have the Land of the Living and the Land of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And there's a ruler of the Land of the Dead and a ruler of the Land of the Living. The ruler of the Land of the Dead wanted the Land of the Living and said that I will put, place a bet that this woman will choose the hero and the character over the soft, soulful musician character. Mm-hmm. And if I win, I get the Land of the Living over you. Interesting. And it was kind of like a wager, basically. I've seen that, but... I was also falling asleep on your couch because it was late at night. Don't right. remember all that. That's fair. <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of that, but this one's way darker. That one's a love way story. Way fucking darker. This one is it's very twisted. I have a rambling <laughs> sentence on all the ways this is dark. This poor main character, my thoughts on this are kind of all over the place because I was watching it and I was like, Jesus. Again, we're yeah. still, we haven't mentioned this, but we're still in the era of silent films. Yes. So we have... Uh, Text cards still going up on the screen. Yes. I watched this in the same room with Connor. He was playing a video game because it was a silent film, so it's not going to interrupt anything. And even he kept looking over going, why is this movie so dark? I honestly, like, it, it just, you'd think there's enough dark shit going on in the world, but then you have a whole, you're, this is starting, you know, a genre of, and it's just so interesting how far back we've been making these religious pieces too mm-hmm. about demons and mm-hmm. right and wrong. And this poor character, Faust is his mm-hmm. name. That's the character is in this village and the fucking Satan brings a plague. Yeah. He's an alchemist. So he's yes. the one, he's basically the village doctor where everyone comes to him to fix their problems anyway. And we get this plague that he can't do anything with. And he's a very righteous man. Like, he's very devout. He's a good guy. Yeah, like, when we say alchemist, like, nowadays I feel like that has almost, like, a devilish connotation to it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he was some, like, witchy, like, he was very devout in his religion. And also alchemy wasn't like that way back then. Exactly. That's, exactly. So... He was, like, praying for this famine to stop, and he wanted to help these people so badly. And and he gets, basically, the devil. It's very similar to the story in the Bible where the devil's trying to tempt Jesus, a very righteous mm-hmm. man. But all this guy wants is to help his, these poor village people. Mm-hmm. And it's just terrible. And he's even, like, reading this book, and it, is it, I guess it's a Bible. But he basically makes a pact with the devil. Yeah, so that he can save his village. And then they stone him. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of stuff that happens <laughs> I know. in between then. But, but like, yes. it made me sad because they basically find out that he's made a pact with the devil or assume he has. Don't they? I don't think the stoning had anything to do with him. They were burning her like a witch at the stake and he was trying to save her and got in the way of it and they fucking killed him. I don't think that had anything to do with okay. him. 
Because she was, they were like yelling about the devil or something. And I was like, mm. I think it's because he was trying to save her. And oh, they okay. thought he was evil. Got it. Got it. So he makes his pact with the devil. All he wants to do is save these people. They're fucking terrible to him. He is tempted. Mm-hmm. And then through all this stuff, the devil's like with him the whole time. And something that was really cool about this is the imagery they also used for the devil. They made him like very transparent a lot. Yeah, and he has this creepy glowing eyes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's real creepy. And the way that I wish there was more about these movies. Like now. Like, you know how in some Blu-rays you get like special effects kind of things and like how it was made. And some of these movies that are very beloved, you mm-hmm. get those things. Some of them you don't. They're yeah. just like talked about sometimes. and Because some of this I'd love to know. Like there's scenes of them like flying around and doing some mm-hmm. of these things. And you can like guess kind of how they did some Yeah, because sometimes they're like standing there stock still and like pointing at stuff moving. So you can yeah. tell that there was like a screen put up later. Exactly. But yeah, the the devil the demon ends up taking him away yeah and turns him into a younger man and as the younger man he can basically have whoever he wants have his life over again too so he goes to a different town and he quote-unquote falls in love with this woman first of all she already has a fiance yeah (laughs) that he fucking gets killed yeah (laughs) he gets his her fiance killed her brother her mother he gets her pregnant and leaves her with nobody around destitute, and a social pariah. Is this your sentence you were talking about? This is my sentence. (laughs) I literally put, what an ass. And then after that, it wasn't over. Then he got her pregnant and she had the baby, but she had nobody. She had no job. She was out in the fucking snow and she left it accidentally because she's hallucinating because it's freezing out there and it, it died. And then she got burned at the stake. Okay, he's literally the worst person ever. He just destroyed her whole fucking world. Yeah, but, like, I still feel so bad for him. Listen. <laughs> I know the demon didn't tell him that she was pregnant and all that stuff. Yeah, they knew. Right. I get that. But at the same time, wow, he destroyed her whole fucking life. I just can't believe this movie has, like, any sort of happy ending. It doesn't. It can't. Well, no, I know it doesn't. But, like, the angel still says he wins because love triumphs. Because well, they still, you know, yeah. like... This is a whack-ass movie. It is it's, so fucking And it's dark. long. It is long. It is a long... And it's a little confusing. It is very confusing. But we like, just were, like, looking at each other. We yeah, in? we were just looking at each other like, wait, what did you get out of that? Exactly. Because, <laughs> like, it is confusing. And it's long. And it's sad. And it's dark. And it's definitely horror. Oh, yeah. Like, if anything, I think that some of these movies are more horror than, like, some of the scarier, quote-unquote, movies today. There are things like this that I would love to see remade. Like, with our new technology. I don't know why people haven't. Yeah. Honestly. this story is so fucking good. I mean, you would have to get a good studio and a good director Mm -hmm. and a good cast because this this would be, like, incredibly delicate, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying this is bad at all because this was amazing. Oh, no. They don't need to remake it. No, no, no. Who would it be? That's what I'm... Yeah, exactly, though. Like, to do... To just take it, the material, exactly as it is. Don't change it. Mm -hmm. Just give it today's technology, color, and sound, and dialogue. Yeah. And do it. It would be so fucking good, I feel, if they could do it right. Basically, don't even touch, like, yeah, I'll create some dialogue, obviously, but don't really mess with it. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that was a really good movie, but fuck, it is long, confusing, and real fucking sad. Yeah, it is. And it is, def- it's definitely a classic story of good versus evil. 
But moving from Germany onto America in 1927, we have a fairly funny one, actually. So that's cool. A fucked up greed movie. Yeah. The Cat and the Canary. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> The Cat and the Canary is, honestly, it sounds a lot like the premise to The New Invisible Man. She, so this old man who is very wealthy dies and 20 years later, they bring everybody back together to read his will to figure out who gets all his money. And the one that gets his money also has to prove that they are sane. They have to go undergo a test. And throughout that night, the person that gets the money is being driven more and more insane by things that are going on around. Yeah. It's great. So basically people are just fucking with them to try to get it's it's just the reason it's funny is just because of the i mean the characters first they, of all yes there's like a nephew who definitely acts funny this seems yeah. to be like our first horror comedy that's what i was about to say i was about would you think this is a horror comedy i would consider time? it our first that was going to be my first question for you definitely and, okay and i do have one note that i want like this is my question 20 years they have to wait 20 years before they can read this fucking will like, states and countries need to move on with their lives. Can you really make someone wait 20 years before you read a will? Is that I'd a thing? Forget. See? <laughs> like, it's not like... Because nowadays, like, you have, like, electronics to, like... You could set a reminder on your fucking iPhone yeah. for 20 years from now, and Apple will remember that shit because their technology... And they'll be like, ping, and you're like, oh, I need yeah. to read that dude's fucking will. But is that even legal? I fucking... I, I don't understand how that could be, but... I don't know, man. I mean, I guess there's some things... We were learning recently, you don't, you have to wait, you could wait up to five years to even submit a will, so I guess it's legal, but okay. Yeah, but it also, there's a lot of creepy imagery in this, like Mm -hmm. in the dark and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm, I, mm, these are some bitch ass hoes. And it's a very classic story of people just being fucking greedy. Mm Mm-hmm. God. And if you don't know the premise of The Invisible Man this year, it's... It sounds, well, obviously we haven't seen it, but it right. sounds fairly familiar. That's what they talk about in the trailer of she has to prove that she is sane to get this money. And then it looks like she's being driven insane. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. This one's actually, if I remember correctly, a little bit shorter too. This Invisible Man? No, uh, sorry, The Cat and the Canary. Uh, yeah. Compared I think to one... most of these, it was yeah, actually I... pretty short. Yeah. And it didn't feel long or anything no it didn't it didn't drag you were keeping up with it pretty good the nephew was pretty fucking funny i laughed a lot yeah the uh, maid oh my god i fucking loved her I was straight dry humor oh my god i love her she would be me made characters we'll get there but made characters in these 20s and 30s movies They're so seem to be good. comic relief oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the go-to comic yeah. relief. She's not the weird... She's the dry one where, you know, someone freaks out because she scares them. Like, like an urban legend. Like yeah. the janitor. And she just takes their hat and walks away. And I'm like, yes, I love you. <laughs> yeah. <great. laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I didn't... I honestly, like, we'll get there. But all of these movies are good. Yeah. I didn't have anything against it. I didn't have any big comments on it either other than the 20-year will. But this movie was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty simple, too. Moving on to another American one in 1928. All right. The Joker. No. <laughs> 1928. So, The Man Who Laughs. Oh, my God. This I thought, was my favorite one. This was also my favorite one. Ugh. I can't get all these fucked up ones, man. This one was also really fucked up. This one is this the original fucking Joker movie. I'm not yeah, fucking kidding. Literally. So, I'm going to try not to, like, look anything up and go from memory here. It's long. There's a little kid, mm-hmm. 
And they're fucking taking these little kids and fucking surgically carving smiles onto their faces, basically. Yes. They're, the people that are doing it are called comprachios. Yeah. Which means child buyers. And it was actually coined by Victor Hugo. Oh my god, that's so sad. Yeah, he's the one who also did The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Same writer. And I just like to think of these things and put it in context of just the world. Victor Hugo, he was born three years after the French Revolution. Hmm. After the French Revolution. And he's writing all this shit. He he is so sweet. He wrote a book about being a grandfather. Like, how to be a good grandpa. Isn't that the sweetest thing ever? He went to some dark places, though. <laughs> this is fucking dark. Like, really? Dark. But can you see it? Like, growing, yeah. hearing those stories from your parents and grandparents while you're growing up yeah. and stuff? Yeah, it makes sense. So this kid is actually a coming from a royal lineage, too. Yeah. And they take him and they mutilate his face. Yeah. And he's being taken. He actually escapes and from mm-hmm. these... No. No, he's so he's with gypsies and they're trying to escape. That's right. And because his face is carved up, they won't let him on the boat. So his fucking they kick him off the boat, but his mom That's stays right. on. And so he's basically abandoned. How sad is that? He's just a sweet little boy. He's like what, nine? He's eight or nine. Little. He's really little. And he is now on his own, mm-hmm. wandering through like desolation in snow it's fucking freezing out there yeah and he finds a basically a woman that has frozen to death but she has a baby that is alive yeah and then finds a traveling philosopher i believe they refer to him as he waves at her though yeah at the dead body he takes the baby and then like waves and i'm like oh my god super fucked up this and this traveling guy he's so sweet i literally texted you i was like if anything happens to this little family, I'm gonna I'm lose, gonna it. lose <laughs> my mind. Because they are so perfect, and I don't want you to feel so deeply for this little family. You do that. You don't want anything bad. Honestly, to them. I I feel for most of the characters so far in this movie to an extent, but this is the first one where I've been like deeply invested. Oh my god, in I'm the so family, invested. and right in the beginning. Yeah, and they're not even a biological family. They're like no. this little like mod mod yeah. podge family. So you've got the kid, found a baby, found this traveling philosopher, knocked on the door, and now they're a family they're just, that have, has, then you see them, what, like, it's got to be like 10 years, 15 years later yeah. or something like when that. They're, they're adults. adults. Yeah. And the baby, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, the baby and like the eight-year-old are basically in love. Yeah, but she's blind. She is blind. She can't see his face. Yes. And he's never let her touch him. And he's, this is going to sound super fucking weird. He's not unattractive even with the, no, he's he's, he's a really attractive guy. And the fact that you, well, his character, but the fact that you see his sweetheart, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you deserve someone great. He's a really good person. He really is. A really good person. And he is basically a traveling performing clown. Yeah, but he's on a when I show. say clown, they actually do plays. He's not yeah. as much of a like laugh at side. He is a sideshow, but it's not like the clown you think of where he's like just being pointed and laughed at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is, but you know what I mean. He, there's more talent to it than yeah. that. He's got fellow clowns too that paint theirs on, and there's one comment that one of them makes of. Oh my god, you must love the fact that you don't have to wipe your smile off at the end of the day. But he's so insecure about That's it. That's so fucking sad. Why would you ever say that to someone? People are fucked up, yeah. man. 
fucked Can up. Can you people. not assume that that probably bothers him? Uh, a lot. He would wish that he could wipe it off at the end of the day. Oh uh, yeah. God. I mean, I would. Like that's something that was done to him out of yeah malice. Like, because he, I mean, he does look a little creepy because he can't stop like the teeth from showing. But mm-hmm. honestly, he. He really doesn't, though. He, Like I said, he's a pretty, he's still a pretty attractive. They got a pretty attractive actor to do this. But if I saw somebody that just looked like that, it wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, you yeah. know, it wouldn't bother me. But he comes to this town where people, there are suspicions in the royal palace, basically. The people that tortured him. Yeah. That he's back, and they obviously have a fucking problem with that. Yeah, and there's a slutty princess who's out and Duchess. about. <laughs> like the Hunchback in Notre Dame, they have this festival and stuff like that, and she's out just whoring it up, drinking it up, all of that shit. She doesn't really, she wants the perks of being royal while also getting the perks of being like a commoner. Yes. She wants exactly. to have fun, but also be rich. Yeah, exactly. Not have to do the royal duties and stuff. And then he falls in love with her and thinks vice versa. Dude, no. Just stick with your sweet. Yeah. She, the uh, the blind woman that loves him, loves him so much. Yeah. So, so much. Now, he realizes by the end of this. Yes. That. He comes around. He comes he around. he's a good guy. And he all is, that. yeah. But he just thinks that, he thinks the only reason that he loves her, mm-hmm. or she, excuse me, she loves him is because she can't see him. Yeah. And thinks that. This Duchess show once goes to one of his shows and shows a little bit of sympathy and interest mm-hmm. in him. And now he thinks that a woman could actually love him, regardless of how he looks, yeah. because she can see. But then she's a fucking bitch who leads him on. Right. Hate she her. is a fucking, fucking con. Yeah. I was, I was gonna say <laughs> I, I reserve that was okay. The, I reserved the She C-word. fucking deserves that one. Yeah, yeah, she does. So the royal palace finds out who he is, the queen does, and they basically bring him in and want to, not want to, but they give him his rightful place, but they humiliate him. Yeah. And. Fucked up. Like arrest him or try to. Yeah. And then it's this whole thing of him bailing through the streets. Yeah. Trying not to get arrested and trying to get on this fucking boat because his family's leaving because they think that he's dead. Yeah, at this point, it's but awful. he's not. Even the dog is like sad. Oh, the dog saves the day. Yes, and he is a badass. Yeah, but his, his name is Homo. The wolf. Uh, different. <laughs> different. <laughs> I looked at that in the credits and I was like, Homo the wolf. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Homo wolf, which is fine. We don't discriminate. Okay. <laughs> but the puppy saves the day, and then they ride off in the sunset. Yes. They're together and it's a happy ending. Yes, it is. This one is, if you're, in my opinion, and I think Mm -hmm. yours too, because you said it was your favorite. If you're going to watch one movie out of this part two, watch Mm -hmm. The Man Who Laughs. It's on YouTube. Even out of all the 1920s, I think this is my favorite one. Trying to think of the 1920s part one. So we have like Caligari, Nosferatu, Hunchback of Notre Dame. No, definitely this one. Definitely this one, yeah. The Man Who Laughs. I thought, like, the cover looks crazy. I did like The Hands of Orlock. But that I was think a good one. I think I like this one more. Yeah, the yeah. story in this one is just so much. I don't it's know. deeper yeah. and it's it's it draws you in more because you feel this is the best character development I feel yes. like out of any of the 1920s exactly. when we watched. Most definitely. Yeah. And then it's followed up by a Swedish film from. Actually, this film is from 1922. But we didn't get it in America until 1929 because... If you look, it's very confusing. It'll say 1922 <laughs> or 1929. It will. 
For us, it's going to be in 1929 because we didn't get it here until then. And this one is probably my least favorite. So we have my yeah. favorite right next to my least favorite. This movie is fine, and the horror buff in me loves it. But it is called Haxon, which literally means the witch. Yeah. So Haxon is... A documentary. Yeah. The history buff in me loves it, but I could see the horror part being real dry and slow. It was tedious. Yes, it really is. <laughs> it is a documentary about witchcraft through the ages. There's literally on the screen, like, words, and they use, like, a pointer. Like, in school, like a blackboard uh, pointer. Yes, it's they do. real... Yeah, continue. Yeah, it takes you through... It's true stories about witchcraft. It's actual things that did happen to people on how they got tortured or how they got found out or why they got found out. And through all that, it also gives you some background into what these people were seeing, like what they were seeing in church and these horrible pictures of hell and stuff like that that they were seeing. It definitely has an eerie film quality to it. Yes, it, it absolutely. It feels creepy. You it know, sounds creepy. Had this been thrown in with a narrative mm-hmm. of witches, I think it would have been really yes. neat. This one has a lot of reading. Like yeah. all silent films have reading. This one has a lot. It's mostly reading. It is. <laughs> Like an hour and a half of reading. Yes. It does at the end, at the end of the film. So you're going through this whole thing on the history of witchcraft. At the very end, he switches it on you and becomes a political piece. Yeah. Which it seems to be, I'm not saying the very first, because even Caligari had political tones. Yeah. Horror seems to do that pretty well. Yes. But this one's probably the first in your fucking face. This is about our mental health care and how it's terrible. Yeah. Because it is all about how these people were treated that probably had mental health issues way back when. And it was great because I loved how they called it the modern take. And this is from 1922. Yeah. Now, that's the thing about this. It's definitely not a movie for everyone. It's it's not even a movie for me. Like, it's definitely really slow. When you, when you start watching it, you're, like, waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it never does. Now... I will definitely be the first one to say that it's really disappointing for me seeing a movie from 1922 slash 1929 when we finally got it in the United States calling out how shitty mental health care is. Back then. And 2020, we're just now getting, I mean, how, okay, I'm just going to be really candid. I just started a mental health medication and it's working actually really well for me. The first try, we're like doing pretty good and I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. I... And you know this. You were there. I cried all day before my appointment with my PCP, my primary care physician, to get on this medicine. There's a stigma. And I was so scared of what it was going to do to me. Mm -hmm. Because it's so scary to start mental health care medication because you don't know what it's going to do to you, how you're going to respond to it. And that's just the nature of the beast. And I get that. But let's look at, okay, American Horror Story Asylum, season two of American Horror Story was focusing on, and I get that there were aliens and shit, but it was focusing on like the, what, the 60s and 70s when we were locking people up and doing electroshock. That was real. Yeah. We were doing, what, fucking ice pick lobotomies on people in the 70s, man. So this political piece that was supposed to show that we need to do better didn't do shit, obviously, because we continued. And and maybe we didn't. I'm not a researcher. I am not a doctor. I am not a mental health care professional. I am just somebody passionate about mental health care. Mm-hmm. Maybe the technology wasn't, isn't there. I don't know, but I think that's bullshit. I just don't think we focus enough on it. And I think it's totally still... Agree. We tell people that, oh, it's okay to have mental health care problems. It's okay to 
you know, be depressed or have anxiety. But when you have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, you're scary. Yes. That's not okay. Well, look at the social stigma. How many times do you hear about people who aren't on their meds being bipolar because they don't like the social stigma of having to be on medication? But it makes you functional. Better. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fucking sad. Yeah. We should or it's be fine too expensive with it. And that one too. In the United States. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we're, I was, I was going to say off topic, but we're not, because that's, exa- this is that's what this what it's about. film is. That's literally so, what it's yeah, about. So, yeah, yeah, well, this film is slow, but if, honestly, I, you should watch it just to see, like, uh, from a historical standpoint, yes. if this is something that you're passionate about or something that you're curious about, look at what this film was telling us and where we are now. It's been 100 years. Literally. Yeah. That's crazy. 100 years like well you know give it i mean it's 1922 or 29 yeah. or whatever but still like yeah. we're still not quite there yet and we're not there with cancer or alzheimer's there's a lot of things but mental health care we're still like ooh, shh. like mm-hmm. i go to therapy every single week and i'm not ashamed of that i just told a whole group of fucking baby boomers that look down on mental health care mm-hmm. that i did that this week and a lot of them were like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say. I'm not calling anybody out just based on how people were raised. Like, my grandfather's generation was definitely the you don't go to therapy. Well, they taught their kids. Weak. But, but maybe it can be a little little leeway in that. You could maybe go to therapy sometimes is kind of where my mom's generation seems to be. And I feel like our generation's getting more Go to fucking the, therapy. Go to therapy. It'll so help you. It's probably not going to be something that really gets worked on to get fixed, honestly, until our generation is in more powerful positions. Yeah. So. Getting there. Working yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. So that was that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that finishes up the 1920s. Yeah. <laughs> so that was probably the most, like, teeth-pulling uh decade that we'll go through just because we didn't break out of silent films but we do in the 30s immediately immediately 1930 we start out we get talkies yes that's what they call them exactly Uh, we went from silent films to talkies immediately in 1930 like night and day all of a sudden i watched 1930 and they were talking and i was like oh exactly we went from decade to decade and we're talking now so they are still black and white Yes. When you go to the 30s. So. There are some in there, though, that were, I mean, we'll talk about it. But yeah. They're, it's interesting because they're barely talkies. Barely. Like, they still have some of the stuff written on the screen, and then they go, hey. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> one of the earliest ones, maybe the earliest one, I don't it's have my. It's talking all the way through. Yeah. I know. And the quality was Oh my god! And I, mean, I was like, "Is this 4K?" <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ! We must have preserved this really well, exactly. or this was a huge budget film. Well, I mean, look at wow, we're jumping ahead. Look at <laughs> 1931. We get Frankenstein. That's beautifully yeah, done. Right. So it, it bumps yeah. quickly. Yeah. So we will be with you for the 1930s part one next. So if you want to keep up with this again, we are using the uh, 100 best films according to Rotten Tomatoes. So this is not going to be like something that is a surprise. Mm -hmm. That's what we're basing this on. So if you want to keep up, you can use that. When we get into the newer films, 2000s, it'll be a little hairier because those are still changing and moving a Mm -hmm. little bit. But you can go ahead and look at that if you want to keep up with us. Or if you just want to listen to the reviews, we'll tell you which ones we liked and didn't. And you can kind of base your judgments off of that and see what you will and will not watch. But it's really cool because I feel like once we do 
we're done with this, it'll almost be like we did a whole fucking film study over a hundred years. I know, isn't that? Which is, cool? I'll be ready to go to fucking film school. Uh, right? Sign me up. <laughs> no, I'm not that smart. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. I hope you enjoy this because a hundred movies to do a hundred year film yeah. studies a lot. So I really hope that you get I'm something out of this. this. I hope you are. Yeah, I I'm am. having a lot of fun. You know, when we first started doing it, I was like, oh my fucking god, this is yeah. gonna be so much. I think once we get out of the silent films, it won't be as daunting. It is definitely daunting. Yeah. That's well, it was really cool though, because once we we're gonna be able to say that we watched How cool is that? Yeah, right? that that's really cool to say. So I feel like that's a bucket list thing. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And just the knowledge to have these films under our belts of mm-hmm. watching these and saying we've seen them exactly. are really cool. And watching things like The Man Who Laughs and Hands of Orlock and some of the ones I've just really, really loved, I definitely will watch those again and really truly treasure them. Like, yeah. The Man Who Laughs will definitely be a film that's, like, close to my heart. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how much I loved it. I haven't hated... Well, I have. I haven't hated anything that we've reviewed yet. <laughs> but I have found one in the 30s. That you hate? That I finally hate. I can't wait to talk about that Ooh, one. Oh, I don't even know what that is. You don't. Oh, You're going to well, find out when we talk about it. Stay tuned for the 1930s. <laughs> They'll be coming soon. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We really hope you enjoy this little film study into 100 Years of Horror. We just wrapped up the 1920s, so stay tuned for the 30s coming at you soon. Until next time, stay creepy.